Breaking news, Rudy Giuliani just slapped with a subpoena. The lead starts right now. Also breaking fresh CNN polls coming out right now on the lead, asking the nation, should Congress impeach the president? President Trump today firing off tweets, heavy on insults, short on facts, warning of a civil war-like divide and saying he wants to meet a protected whistleblower who blew the cover on his call with Ukraine. Plus, the investigation escalating by the minute. Key hearings and depositions coming this week as Speaker Pelosi tries to keep her party from looking too hungry to kick the president out of office. This is CNN Breaking News. Welcome to The Lead. I'm Erica Hill in for Jake today, and we begin with breaking news. President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, subpoenaed by House Democrats for documents related to Ukraine and to the impeachment inquiry. More on that in just a moment. But first, we also have brand new CNN polling breaking right now, which shows nearly half of Americans support the impeachment of President Trump. 47% say President Trump should be removed from office. 45% are opposed to impeachment. Now, that is the highest level of support for impeachment we have seen in a CNN poll in a year, including after the Mueller report was released. And as CNN's Jeff Zeleny reports from Washington, the poll shows an increasing number of Republicans and independents now support impeaching President Trump. Americans are now evenly divided on impeachment, with a notable rise among independents and Republicans supporting President Trump's removal from office. A new CNN poll just released finds 47 percent of Americans believe the president should be impeached, up from 41 percent in May. The change is not fueled by Democrats. Roughly three quarters favor impeachment, as they did during our poll four months ago. But the support among independents has grown by 11 points and by eight points among Republicans. For now, public sentiment is shifting. 45% of Americans oppose the historic move, down from 54% in May. A week after Speaker Nancy Pelosi opened an impeachment inquiry, she said Democrats would build their case on patriotism, not partisan politics. Let us try not to make it further divisive, but we cannot ignore our oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. The call for impeachment is resonating among younger Americans, the poll found, with 60 percent of those under 35 now in favor of removing Trump from office, compared to 43 percent who felt that way in May. The shift comes from within his own party. Among Republicans and GOP-leaning independents under age 50, support for impeachment has climbed from 9 percent in May to 22 percent now. As the House is set to begin hearings and depositions this week, the poll finds that 48 percent of Americans say the president abused his power to gain political advantage against his rival Joe Biden in his conversations with the Ukrainian president. 39 percent say Trump did not improperly use his office, and 10 percent say they need to learn more. While the poll shows unmistakable movement, Democrats still have a case to make to the broader American public. He wants to mount a defense. I'm certainly willing to listen to it. But that's the evidence that's in front of us right now. Convicting the president remains an extraordinarily high bar, needing a vote of two-thirds of the Republican-controlled Senate. But Majority Leader Mitch McConnell saying today the Senate will consider any impeachment articles. Well, under the Senate rules, we're required to take it up if the House does uh, go down that path, and we'll follow the Senate rules. So the bottom line is this. One week into this historic moment of impeachment, public sentiment is clearly shifting because of independents, Republicans, and particularly among younger Republicans. This new poll also shows that Democrats must still make their case to the American public. Despite everything we've learned over the last week, 
Erica, 45% still oppose impeachment. The question is whether that number keeps falling as the proceedings intensify. Erica. Jeff Selene with the latest on those numbers for us. Jeff, thank you. Also want to go now to CNN's Manu Raju for more on our other breaking news. Rudy Giuliani subpoenaed by House Democrats. So, Manu, what more do we know about the subpoena? Yeah, that's right. The subpoena is demanding documents by October 15th, going very close to the president's inner circle. The most uh, direct move to try to get more information about exactly what happened in this effort by Trump and Trump's associates to apparently urged Ukrainian officials to investigate Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son. Giuliani, of course, has, has publicly admitted urging the Ukrainians to go, fo- go forward, even saying as much uh, on CNN just uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's cited in this letter from three key House Democratic chairmen who are demanding these documents. Now, this subpoena was actually issued by the House Intelligence Committee. And also, these same chairmen also want to talk to some of uh, Giuliani's close business associates to understand exactly what happened here. Now, Erica, this is just the latest in a rapidly moving impeachment investigation. This uh, intelligence committee wants to speak, plans to speak this Friday with the intelligence committee's inspector general. This will be the second time they've spoken to the to Michael Atkinson. Also, the three uh, committees plan to have depositions with five State Department officials. One, at least one we know of, that's coming on Thursday as the president's former envoy to Ukraine, Court Volker, who was mentioned in that whistleblower complaint. Uh, this, but now we're. The the question is whether or not they want to bring in Rudy Giuliani to talk to him. But at the moment, the subpoena for documents will see if Giuliani complies. Erica? That is what we will be watching for. Manu, thank you. Uh, John Avalon, I'm going to go straight to you on this because you are, as always, my Rudy Giuliani expert, giving your history. That is true. Um, in all seriousness, though, as Manu pointed out, these are for the documents. This is not at this moment for Rudy Giuliani. Do you think he will comply on the documents? Um, he has been on both sides of that question in recent interviews. Um, I think he's liable to try to say there's attorney-client privilege uh, with the president, and he would only testify in public uh, at any length if the president uh, approved it. Um, that said, I mean, I, look, I, I worked for Rudy Giuliani for years. I think he did an extraordinary job as mayor of New York, and I was proud to work for him. Um, the, the last few months have not been uh, his finest hour, uh, and I think he's put himself in real jeopardy, and I think you're going to see a lot of folks in the administration, particularly the State Department, to try to scapegoat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's going to be profoundly uh, awkward to watch. It'll be interesting, too, how this question of attorney-client privilege yes. plays out, right? Because he also told The Atlantic last week, I am I am not doing this as a lawyer. I'm doing this as someone who is, you know, looking to stand up for you, better you government. You'll never find Rudy quotes on all sides of so, every issue. Well, uh, this is, you can find the one that works for you, can't you? Um, as, as we look at the polling, though, that's coming out here and what we're looking at, I mean, all of this coming to a head right at 4 o'clock just for us, um, looking at this polling— Support for and against impeachment really hovers right around 50 percent when you figure in the margin of error here. And and Jeff Selene brought up the point, Keith, about whether Democrats still have some work to do, because 45 percent say, I do not support this. It's actually kind of an astonishingly high number. It's actually increased since the last CNN Mm -hmm. poll. But if you go back and look at history in 1973, when the Watergate impeachment proceedings began, only 19 percent of Americans supported impeaching and removing the president. A year later, it was 57 percent and Nixon resigned from office. We're starting from a higher bar here. We're almost at 50 percent. We're only one week into this. That's kind of amazing. Not to mention the fact that Nixon 
Nixon was an incredibly popular president who'd just been reelected in a landslide election. 49 states. Exactly. In a landslide election, this guy, Donald Trump, barely got elected. He lost the popular vote, and he's unpopular. He's never been above 50% in the, in the public opinion polls, the poll averages. So I think Democrats are in a strong position mm-hmm. going into this. The public still has to be educated more, but that's well, the purpose of the impeachment inquiry. Yeah, and I would, I mean, I, I'm really struck by that, that number, uh, that movement among Republicans, that 9% movement among Republicans. That's, that's significant. That's the number I'm actually going to be paying more attention to. And what I would caution to Democrats is in, an, is in the interest of educating the public and letting this investigation bear out facts not to appear as though you're just trying to move poll numbers. And, and Nancy Pelosi's caution to, to, to Donald Trump, let's not try to make this worse, I think should also be um, heard by Democrats mm-hmm. who are making T-shirts about impeaching the, the president. I don't mm-hmm. think that's actually going to help. Right. And I think there should be a sobriety around what is a very sad, dark moment in American history. Well, and we should point out that's and what we the should speaker the is calling for, right? The speaker of the House that's is right. saying this should be solemn. This, this, this should right. be a sober moment. When we look at these numbers, though, and, and Rich, I'll throw this to you, when we look at the shift in support among Republicans and independents, and now we see the subpoena for Rudy Giuliani, how do those things all work together? How does this polling, if at all, influence not just how the president looks at this, but how Rudy Giuliani looks at his role? Well, I think we're going to need to wait and see how the polling settles out. And the CNN poll, the top lines, basically the same as you're seeing in other polls, basically even split, just below 50 percent support. But in a lot of the other polling, what you've seen is what you would expect, which is uh, Democrats picking up the 20 percent of Democrats or so who weren't yet there on impeachment. What makes CNN poll different is this, the Democrat line is the same, and you've picked up some Republican and independent mm-hmm. support. Now, if that's accurate, that's, that's a big deal. But I, I think we have to see how it, how it uh, um, settles down, as I say, over time. Rudy, one thing that's interesting is, you know, the conventional wisdom has sort of been his worst enemy in some of these media appearances. The final paragraph of this letter uh, telling him he's being subpoenaed for this document cites media appearances and say you've said that you called for um, an investigation of Joe Biden, which just goes to a typical lawyer is very cautious, very careful, doesn't get out there creating new problems for himself Mm -hmm. or his client. And that's not what Rudy's doing. That's not the story of our times, Rich. Um, (laughs) But but I I want to point out one thing about about the CNN poll that I think is really significant. The phrasing of the question is, should he be impeached and removed from office? Mm -hmm. That's not open-ended, should there be an impeachment inquiry. Mm -hmm. Impeached and removed from office, the highest standard, something that has happened to no president, uh, because both obviously Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton were not convicted by the Senate, and Richard Nixon resigned before being Mm -hmm. impeached and convicted. Um, The fact that with that question... Those what that wording that the number in CNN's poll is up among Republicans and independents is significant. But I wonder if you just said, should Donald Trump be removed from office? What the number would be, because I wonder if impeachment is caught up in the question of just whether. Well, do you think which way do you think it would go? I think it'd probably go go lower. It's it's also interesting that 60 percent of young people support removing the president from office. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the Republicans, that's got to be a scary number. You not can't. Well, it's, it, it may not be surprising, but you can't build a political party, a future for, of a political party when the, the base, the potential base in the future is never is not even there to, for to you. Put it, to put it mildly, um, no crap. I mean, well, this yeah, is and, what and, Republicans and that's, and that's who didn't support this that, president were in part worried about. Also, stuff like this happening. We're worried about stuff like this. But a lot of Republicans, especially who, who those of us who were involved in the 2020 autopsy and trying to reach out to new kinds of voters, women, gays, millennials, um, and really started to see some progress, 
we were worried about this very thing, the collapse and crumbling of the Republican Party um, to a lot of these important voters, because my dad won't be around forever to keep voting for Republicans like Donald Trump. I will have more on our breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear. We love you, too. Uh, More on our breaking news. President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, just subpoenaed for documents related to Ukraine. Next, what happens if he chooses not to comply? Breaking news, President Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, subpoena House Democrats seeking documents related to Ukraine, the basis of this fast-moving impeachment inquiry. And all of this comes as our new CNN polling just released unveils that uh, 47 percent of Americans say President Trump should be impeached and removed from office. CNN's Evan Perez joining us now live. So, Evan, what more are you learning about this subpoena? Well, Erica, this is something that certainly people close to the president were anticipating. They expected that this uh, moment was going to come. And so they've been kind of preparing as to what to answer the question of, is this privilege? Is this something that the president, is the president's personal attorney, uh, are they going to declare some kind of privilege? And so you can expect that uh, that is where this conversation is going to go next. But I should point out that there's a couple of complications. Uh, Rudy Giuliani last week uh, in an appearance on Fox News shared some information, some text messages he says they were uh, for, with uh, Kurt Volker, who was uh, at the time the, the envoy, uh, the administration's envoy to Ukraine. And it, it, he showed what he says were communications, internal communications that showed that, you know, he wasn't just operating on his own, that he was operating with the, with the blessing, the full blessing of the United States government. So you can bet that that's going to complicate their efforts to try to keep all of this information from Congress, because he's already publicly shared what he says were com- uh, communications that were ongoing. And, and I think... A judge was going to ha- it may end up having to look at this and we'll have to decide whether or not uh, Rudy Giuliani essentially pierced the privilege uh, by sharing that information publicly. And of course, you know, there might it might take a, a little time before they can do that. But I do think it makes it a lot more difficult for him to, to claim everything uh, is protected by privilege. We will be watching for that. Evan, appreciate it. Thank sure. you. I want to bring in now Preet Bahara. He was, of course, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. He was fired by President Trump. Um, and I just want to play a little bit of what Rudy Giuliani had to say yesterday on ABC. Take a listen. Will you cooperate with the House Intelligence Committee? I wouldn't cooperate with Adam Schiff. I think Adam Schiff should be removed. So Judge, that's your answer. You're not going to cooperate. I didn't say that. We, 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 I said I will consider it. So two answers there. Uh, but bottom line, does he need to cooperate? Yeah, I think he does. Um, I don't see what the privilege is here that prevents him from providing information uh, that is lawfully and appropriately subpoenaed by these three different committees. Um, Look, there's also, before we get to the legal aspect of it, Mm -hmm. there's a pragmatic aspect here. You know, Rudy Giuliani and others in support of the president have gone on television day after day after day saying, um, as the thrust of their argument here, that the whistleblower relies on hearsay information and secondhand information thereby begging people to do exactly what has been done here to get direct information and and direct evidence. So I don't see how you prevent that from coming forward if your whole argument has been there's nothing to see here. And as Evan said in the the preview to this, uh, Rudy has gone on television time and time again, perhaps waiving privileges, talking about this other evidence that he has. uh, So I don't see how you get around it uh, without looking like you're you're blocking a legitimate effort to do a legitimate impeachment inquiry before you make a decision about impeachment itself. And then on the legal, on the legal issue, it's unclear to me what legal representation Rudy Giuliani was engaging in. There's no deliberative process or executive privilege that I can think of, given that mm-hmm. he's outside the government. 
He was operating as, as a free, you know, p- uh, private citizen, and he wasn't providing legal help. So pragmatically, politically, and legally, I don't see what leg he has to stand on just because he doesn't like Adam Schiff. So, so I will say just to follow up on that, too, um, he said just last week to The Atlantic, quote, I'm not acting as a lawyer. I'm acting as someone who has devoted most of his life to straightening out government in talking about what he was doing. Uh, and again, as, as we know, we hear different things from Rudy Giuliani based on the moment. We just saw it in that ABC interview. But the fact that he said that I'm not acting as a lawyer and then he went and said, well, uh, you'll have to ask my client if I can talk or not, referring to President Trump. I mean, where right. does it stand? So, look, his words will come back to haunt him. I, I read the letter very quickly. That's the cover letter mm-hmm. to the subpoenas. It makes references specifically to Rudy Giuliani's appearances on television, including the notorious appearance of last week on CNN's own Chris Cuomo show, where he says, um, of course, I looked into the, to whether or not the Ukrainian president uh, could you know, pursue an investigation of, of Joe Biden. So he keeps saying things that puts on the table basically what the committees are asking for. The other thing that's sort of interesting about uh, the letter, the cover letter sent to Rudy Giuliani and some of his associates, it has pretty stark language. There's a sentence in there, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, but it, it, it essentially suggests that Rudy Giuliani is part of, and they use this word, part of a scheme uh, to, uh, to bring pressure to bear for aid to Donald Trump's campaign with respect to Joe Biden. And so, you know, they're not accusing him of anything yet, but by, by putting that language in the letter and also asking for, I think it's four single space pages of documents relating to all aspects of Rudy Giuliani's business in Ukraine and conversations he had with the State Department and with the uh, U.S. Attorney General. You know, they're biting off a lot here and they're they're suggesting some pretty strong things about Rudy Giuliani also. What happens if he doesn't comply? Well, uh, there's, you know, general political pressure, which you know, takes whatever course it takes, and then you got to fight it in the courts. And depending on, you know, how quickly a judge can decide these things, it can take a while. Look, mm-hmm. for these things to have proper momentum, I do think that the public pressure matters a lot. You know, depending on, on how Rudy decides to go with this, when he's basically been begging folks uh, to get direct information, I don't think that makes him look particularly good. And I think public sentiment will turn sour, especially since, as an initial matter, the, the administration, contrary to some people's predictions, produced the whistleblower complaint, unredacted, mostly unredacted, mm-hmm. and, and the transcript or summary transcript of that phone call very quickly saying there's nothing to see here. It's all transparent. How do you now say, uh, now that it's actually sunk into the minds of some people as something that's inappropriate, how do you now say, well, we gave you those things and that's not enough to impeach anyone on because it's indirect and it's hearsay, but we're not going to let you get any more. I don't see how that argument works. I think it hurts them. Well- but but I will say it wouldn't be the first time that we would hear a similar argument, though, from the administration. There may be, well, there's nothing to see here. But, oh, by the way, we're not going to give you anything to see because we just decided that we're not going to do it. Um, I do just want to get your take, though, on, I mean, you said you don't see anything that would amount to executive privilege. I would also point out that that has not stopped this administration in the past, the president, from saying that I want to invoke executive privilege, even if this person may not be directly connected to me and may not be working in the White House. That, too can delay this. Look, if the question is, um, does the president and his supporters, do they make outrageous and outlandish claims uh, and allegations based on no law whatsoever or no actual basis in law whatsoever? Yeah, they do that all the time. I mean, most notably in the last 24 hours, the president of the United States has suggested that Adam Schiff, the chair of the Intel Committee, should be arrested for treason. Um, So, yeah, they make outlandish claims all the time. I think their ability to get away with making those claims uh, both with the courts and also with the public, is running thin. Preet Bahara, always appreciate your insight. Thank you. Thank you.
Sure, my pleasure. How will President Trump respond to the news that his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, uh, has been subpoenaed? That's next. with lots of breaking news for you on this Monday. President Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, subpoenaed by House Democrats, leading the impeachment inquiry. As our new CNN poll shows, 47 percent of Americans say the president should be impeached and removed from office. And as CNN's Caitlin Collins reports, President Trump is lashing out amid all of this, even promoting the idea that impeachment could lead to civil war. This whole thing is a disgrace. While aides wish he'd focus on an impeachment strategy, President Trump this afternoon is demanding to know the identity of the whistleblower. Well, we're trying to find out about a whistleblower. Well, you have a whistleblower that reports things that were incorrect. He's also raising the idea of arresting the House Intelligence Chairman for treason. He actually took words and made it up. After Adam Schiff read a fictionalized account of his call with the Ukrainian president. And by the way, don't call me again. I'll call you when you've done what I asked. But as Trump fumes, White House aides fear they've squandered an opportunity to shape public opinion. The president is the whistleblower here. Trump is resisting calls to create an impeachment response team or hire new attorneys. This is about proving that Donald Trump was framed by the Democrats. Sources say Trump thinks doing either will make him look weak. But the void has left Republicans scrambling to defend him. Well, you just added another word. No, it's you said, in the I'd like transcript. you to do a favor, though. Yes, it's in the, it's in when the I read White the tra- House transcript. Instead, they're leveling unsubstantiated allegations against Joe Biden and his son. Guess what? Daddy comes running to the rescue. The vice president of the United States that's comes running That's not what says, happened. Fire, sir, fire that prosecutor. Sir, that's not what happened. But not everyone is coming to Trump's defense, including his first Homeland Security advisor. It is a bad day and a bad week for this president and for this country if he is asking for political dirt on an opponent. Tom Bossert says he told Trump there was no basis to the theory that Ukraine interfered in the election instead of Russia. I am deeply frustrated with what he and the legal team is doing and repeating that debunked theory to the president. It sticks in his mind when he hears it over and over again. Now, of course, Erica, this whistleblower is entitled by law to remain anonymous if they so wish. Something their attorney pointed out on Twitter shortly after the president made those comments saying that they were trying to identify this person. But of course, we should note the president said they're trying to figure that out. He didn't say what steps they're taking to do so. Oh, to be a fly on the wall and find out. Caitlin Collins at the White House Force. Caitlin, thank you. Um, As we look at what's happening here in terms of the president promoting this idea from a supporter that impeachment could lead to what would feel like a civil war. Republican Adam Kinzinger rebuking the president pretty strongly for that language, noting, I have visited nations ravaged by civil war. I have never imagined such a quote to be repeated by a president. This is beyond repugnant. What do you make of the idea of a president supporting this idea from one of his supporters that impeachment could lead to civil war? It's extraordinary. It's stunning. It's divisive. You know, it it strikes me as odd because I spent eight years watching Republicans accuse Barack Obama of being divisive. And from my perspective as a liberal Democrat, Barack Obama bent over backwards to accommodate Republicans and they kicked him repeatedly and refused to agree with his accommodations. But this guy 
Donald Trump makes no effort to reach out to the other party. He makes no effort to reach across the aisle to people who may disagree with him. He calls for civil war. He divides the country. He didn't repeatedly. Call for well, he war. encourages he civil war practically. When you when you post a tweet or retweet somebody who is saying that there may be a civil war if I if I'm removed from office, you're basically calling for a civil war. You're calling your supporters to arms. That is a threat. No, no, that is irresponsible. It's oh, oh, reckless. And he should be challenged. No, this is the president of the United States. We have to stop holding him to a lower standard. He well, should not be behaving this it's way a bad at tweet, all. But the fact is, if he were impeached and removed on anything like the current possible universe of facts, it would create a crisis of legitimacy at the height of American politics. It would probably take years to heal. If you think politics is too divisive now, just wait. Until he's impeached a and removed. Of and you, for and a don't guy tell me. Hold on, did, hold on. Just let me finish one last point. One last point. You might say Barack Obama accommodated the other side. The fact is, he repeatedly said he didn't have the power to write immigration law on his own. And when he couldn't get his immigration law passed by Congress the way it's supposed to work. He imposed it Barack unilaterally. Obama That's not accommodation. We're not, we're, That's we don't have to relitigate the past, but we've never had any president, Obama or anybody, who's tried to try to to use the power and the instruments of government repeatedly against his political Got opponents. You. That is unprecedented. Well, we're in we, uncharted territory. This is beyond Nixonian. We, we, we are beyond Nixon in many respects. Look, he did not call for a civil war, but he trial ballooned the idea by echoing an unhinged supporter. That is incredibly beneath the office of president. And it's part of the problems of having a president who doesn't under, seem to understand or care about American history. We lost over 700,000 Americans in the Civil War. And so to play politics with that legacy um, is beyond divisive. It's not a bad tweet. It's much worse than that. Um, and, and it's indicative of how he's approached his office. This is somebody who has blown through a lot of Republican principles from free trade to uh, executive orders. This is somebody who's demonizing the opposition at a level we have not seen before. Just recently threatening to, you know, imprison uh, uh, critics, um, uh, you know, in, in the context of this impeachment, floating the idea of, you know, I wish it was back in the day when whistleblowers were considered spies. And you remember what we did to them. Words have meaning, especially from the president of the United States. Please don't I, I don't pretend that. don't pretend that all the divisiveness has just been from the president of the United States. Not all. For two and a half years, we've been told by Democrats victim, and by the media the that there was some dire conspiracy Russia with Russia, get him elected. with Russia, and it was completely false. That's not so, true. So there's That's a reason. Yeah, of course it was. No, there was no, no, there was the no collusion, there was no collusion with Russia. We had a Rich, Mueller report, true. and you still cannot admit there was no collusion <laughs> No, no, no. With Russia. Russia. You're you're saying, you accused him of being a You said there was no involvement from Russia in the election, intelligence community clearly found there was involvement from no, Russia no, no, in the no, election. Those are two separate things. Right, but no, that's what it sounded like you were alluding things. to in the beginning, no, 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 so that was, we need no, to fact was, check. No, but the I think allegation was that there was a conspiracy um, with President Trump. There was. This Russia, is the kind of gaslighting he's, he's, he's planning on. This is what he wants, this kind of conversation. And I don't think you have to go as far as Keith goes to say that he called for a civil war, to say that this was a terrible thing to say in and of itself. And there are a couple of things that might stop you, if you're the president, from saying something like this. One is if maybe you served and you've seen the real effects of actual war, you might not say this. Another is if you respect the office of the presidency and know it's bigger than just a man. And the final one is if you love your country, you're a patriot, and you don't want to see it torn apart. All those things might stop you from saying something like this. And I think it's fair to say Trump is none of those things. And so he doesn't have an inner governor telling him, do not say this as much as 
it helps your case and makes you feel good, do not say it. It's irresponsible. He doesn't no. have that. But we're going to we're gonna leave it there. We're we'll be back. Is heal no, wait, no, wait, no, 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 no. Nobody's saying that. Gentlemen. Literally nobody. And the lady to my left. We're going to leave it there for just a moment, but stay with us. There is more breaking news this hour. New reporting now about a call between President Trump and another world leader that reportedly sounds a whole lot like that call with Ukraine. Stay with us. Breaking news, the New York Times reporting President Trump, quote, pushed the Australian prime minister in a recent phone call to help Attorney General Bill Barr investigate the origins of the Mueller probe. One U.S. official telling the Times the White House also restricted access to the transcript of that call. Sources say President Trump initiated the conversation for this sole purpose. I want to bring in now former federal prosecutor Laura Coates. So, Laura, as we look at this. In this reporting, the fact, too, that the attorney general requested the president speak with Mr. Morrison. I'm just curious, your, your initial gut reaction to all of this. I mean, this is one heck of a pattern now, Erica. The idea of using the presidential office in some way to gain leverage with America's allies. It's almost like the president doesn't realize that diplomacy is actually the name of the game for the presidency. Not digging up dirt, not using other nations to be investigative agencies on behalf of things that the president says has already been resolved. It's, it almost belies his notions earlier, saying that he felt totally confident and exonerated if he's still trying to build some evidence evidence against the origins of the report, even after after the Mueller report has come out, after Mueller has testified and after he has claimed exoneration. Also, the fact that Attorney General Barr finds himself once again as somebody who the president believes is going to be an ally in trying to use the presidential power to get other nations to be involved in our investigation gives further credence to why it's so important to hear about the Ukrainian call and whether or not Attorney General Barr had some hand or some notion mm -hmm. that he was being used and exploited in this way. Uh, well, to that point, right, and just picking up on two things that you said there. So there, there's been a lot made about how the president views the attorney general mm -hmm. and who in, the pres in President Trump's mind, who the attorney general of the United States actually works for. That's one part of the equation. There's also the current attorney general, Bill Barr, as you point out. We need to know more about what happened in terms of that call with Ukraine. But the fact that, and I just go back to this again, that in this New York Times reporting, quote, Mr. Barr requested that Mr. Trump speak to Mr. Morrison, that also calls into question how the attorney general views his own role. It does indeed. And of course, remember, it goes back to where you had Attorney General Barr testifying and also giving statements when he had the four page release and the press conference before the public release of the Mueller report, where he went on to talk about the idea of the president of the United States being um, viciously attacked, where he thought the president of the United States had some leg to stand on. And also that he believed that the origins was up for scrutiny and further examination by his office. When everyone else is looking at the idea of not shooting the messenger, not thinking about how how it came to pass, but investigating the actual substance of it, he was mm -hmm. more fixated on the origins of it. Now, that has transpired and continued, which makes it all the more believable, frankly, of the New York Times reporting that Barr had a hand or was at least interested in continuing along that path of figuring out what were the origins. Now, this misses the forest through the trees, of course, Erica, if the fixation is on the underlying or, or the origins and not on the underlying claims that have made. It is reminiscent of what's going on right now with the whistleblower complaint, the shoot the messenger philosophy as opposed to investigating the underlying substantive allegations that are there.
Mm-hmm. And that is, that's actually, I would say, that is a page from a playbook that a well-worn page we have seen really quickly. Mm-hmm. Senate Democrats, as we know, on the Judiciary Committee are demanding that Barr testify. Do you see him complying with that request? Well, he very well should. He doesn't have a leg to stand on why he could not. The idea of testifying here is to figure out, one, whether in fact he did have some role in trying to allow Rudy Giuliani, who you know is not an employee of the federal government, to play a role in foreign diplomacy or un- other nefarious acts. He should testify for his own credibility, if not more. Laura Coates, appreciated as always. Turns out we're also learning it may not just be Australia. New details just confirmed by CNN. That's next. We are back uh, with yet more breaking news this hour. Just in this hour, let me just recap for you here. The president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, subpoenaed by House Democrats. Our new CNN poll reveals 47 percent support the impeachment and removal of President Trump. And now an official confirming to CNN The president pressed Australia's prime minister in a recent phone call, pressing the prime minister to help the attorney general with his review of the origins of the Russia probe. The story was first reported by The New York Times. But CNN's Evan Perez joins me now with more of his reporting. So you're learning a little bit more about this call and also about the the apparently the prompting that was done by the attorney general to get the president to make that call. That, that's right, Erica. And it goes beyond Australia. The attorney general is doing is, is closely managing this investigation of the origins of the Mueller investigation, the, the 2016 election interference. And so one of the things that they're doing, uh, according to official we talked to just a little while ago, is that they're asking the Justice Department is asking the president to intervene and ask uh, other foreign countries to help with this investigation, which is being uh, managed by John Durham, a prosecutor out of Connecticut. And so uh, it goes beyond Australia. There are other countries that provided intelligence that ended up being part of the Mueller investigation that now uh, the Justice Department and the Trump administration say they need uh, the foreign help, the, these help of these foreign countries with. So stay tuned. We'll see whether or not uh, he has talked to other countries uh, with exactly the same thing in mind. Stay, stay tuned indeed. Um, uh, Cup, I want to go to you first on this one. Um, just what do you make of this? What we're seeing, is it, is it enough to say there's a pattern? Well, you didn't think this was the only or the first time, right? I mean, I think I think we're going to see a pattern. This will be a sort of iceberg and and we'll 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 see that this happened probably more than once. I don't want to get ahead of facts here, but it seemed to me the brazenness with which Trump um, urged the new president of Ukraine suggested he didn't think that this was bad. He didn't think that this was um, not something he was supposed to do. And so I don't think anyone will be surprised if we find out that he asked this of other world leaders, this or, or similar. But this, this is different in kind. The U.S. government asks foreign countries to cooperate with our duly constituted investigations all the time. The Justice Department is looking into how the bogus 2016 story started. <laughs> I know everyone on the set maybe wants to move on from that and get on to Ukraine, but that's a legitimate interest, and there's nothing wrong with the President of the United States asking a foreign government and there's to nothing wrong with the, in with your the mind, attorney general. There's nothing general. wrong with the attorney general saying, I want you to call the prime minister of Australia, and I want you to press him on this. That's nothing kosher. wrong at all. Just, okay. sir, if you could please uh, cooperate with my attorney general. There's nothing wrong. Do you believe that's how it went down? I just need you to cooperate a little bit. On Australia? Well, we can always learn more. But if if the attorney general is investigating something, (laughs) I want to find the facts in every instance. Radical transparency works for me. But there is nothing inappropriate with this. And this is all that Ukraine call had been. 
there wouldn't have been any, anything inappropriate with that either. You know, we are led to believe that presidents, when they have conversations with world leaders on the phone, they're talking about vital national security interests and how to protect America's interest abroad and what we can do to work on agreements and so forth. And this guy, President Trump, is simply talking about what's in his best personal interest. He's probably promoting hotels to some other world leaders as well. He, he has no sense of his duty as president of the United States. He seems to only function as Donald Trump's personal emissary with, with whomever he's speaking to. And we now have not only implicated uh, Mike Pompeo, but also and, and Attorney General uh, Barr. And, and we've got so many people in the administration who are involved in this. It's not just one person. This is a part of a, a pattern on the behavior of the Trump administration officials. And all of us should be concerned about that. John, I know you want to jump in. Look, we can see very clearly that the president is motivated primarily by self-interest. What's troubling is that we're seeing some cabinet members be drawn into that orbit and to do his bidding when they should be acting to contain the president's worst impulses and to try to keep him directed in the national interest. Um, this investigation allegedly requests Australia to sort of reinvestigate their own country's uh, uh, cooperation with the Mueller report is part of this sort of investigate the investigators obsession mm -hmm. that Barr has been focused on and the president has been focused on and conservative media has been focused on um, because they're trying to shift the narrative and they're trying to say that the real conspiracy, the real collusion, uh, that we're the victims here. That's not a good use of national resources. It was resources. a story that obsessed that, uh, and destroyed gonna... our politics for two years. Yeah, I mean, it... We got to get a break in. Don't go anywhere. We have more on this breaking news ahead. President Trump, another phone call with a foreign leader, pressing the Australian prime minister to help Attorney General Barr. Stay with us. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.